welcome to Spurgeon Baptist Church Morning Worship on this Remembrance Sunday. Uh, in a moment, we're going to play uh, a video for you, which is a poem just on the theme of remembrance as an introduction, really, uh, to our two-minute silence. Uh, when that poem is complete, I will ask you to stand and we will stand in silent tribute for two minutes. Uh, I will close that silence uh, with the well-known words from the Binyan poem, which ends, we will remember them. Uh, and I would appreciate it, friends, if you would respond at the end of that by repeating that line to me. So at the end I will say, we will remember them, and you will respond, we will remember them. It is time, Robert, for first to have a poem. The trench, the stench, the yelling and the screams, the blood that flowed in the bright red streams. You want us to remember? We'll forget. The rain of bombs from big metal birds, the thousands dying and the others hurt. You want us to remember? We'd rather not happen. Hometowns in ruins, families torn apart, pain ripped out our hearts. You want us to remember? We'd rather not. But how can we ever forget? I might not know that or even remember that the part of eyes you want us to would rather not but how can we ever forget every second could have been our last so to give two minutes is that too much to ask they shall as we that are left shearing them nor their years come down at the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember that. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. 
going down at the sun and in the morning. We will remember them. We, we will, will remember, remember them. Thank you, friends. Do be seated. Some words from John's Gospel. So the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do, what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Let's stand and sing together. I will offer up my life in spirit and truth. Thanksgiving, and we recognize on this day 
that each day is a gift. We have so much to be thankful for. We woke up this morning. Many of us got out of bed unaided. We washed ourselves, dressed ourselves, had enough to eat, had a place to live. The very fact that we had a bed to sleep in. So many things to be thankful for, ordinary things, and yet all gift from you. Help us to be mindful, Lord, of the many good things, the many blessings that have come to us. And whenever we are tempted to find fault with others, whenever we are tempted to find fault with our own lives, Remind us, you are present with us all the time. You said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. You are a faithful God. You keep your promises. And we thank you, Father, that that is the case. We are aware, Lord, when we step into the orbit of your holiness, that we are not all that we should be. We've said things, done things, even thought things in this past few days which have brought no honour to you or to the cause that we espouse. And if these things were to be known, in truth, they would make us feel ashamed. We're sorry, Lord, for those things. We offer them freely to you, laying them down and turning away from them. Thankful again that your word reassures us that when we come doing this, you are faithful and just, and that you will forgive us all unrighteousness. So pick us up, Lord, restore us, renew us, refresh us, we pray. Help us to start anew with you today. Amen. Nick. to make a couple of notes in a moment. Good morning. Hello. So later on um, in the service, uh, Kevin's going to be talking about worship. That's our, our other theme as well as remembrance for today. Our other theme is worship. So you've got, you've got some homework to do, but you've got to do it now. So what I'd like you to do, and this is everybody in church, and it's also everybody on Zoom as well, if that's going to be possible. Um, Yvonne's going to look out for any chat that comes in on Zoom. And if anybody at home wants to contribute some ideas, then if you put it on to chat, I'll go and talk to Yvonne in a minute, and we'll see if you've had any, any brilliant ideas. But anyway, first question then, and this is for, for everybody, so you guys in the room as well. Just talk amongst yourselves, the people next to you and so on. What is worship? If you had to define worship, what would you say it was? Now, I'm going to give you three or four minutes to have a bit of a chat and see what you make of that question. So, what is worship? I'll come back to you in a moment. Have a chat, have a think. Thank 
adoration for God. Lovely. Okay, so when I looked it up, my definition said, so the, the general kind of googly type definition says, the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. And then I looked a bit further for a more sort of distinctly Christian definition. Um, and that could be said, the act of attributing reverent honour and homage to God. So you get the idea. Lovely. Okay. So now our minds are on what worship might be. I was expecting a few people to say, well, worship, yeah, well, I can do that up a mountain, or I can do that listening to music, or I can do that here, there, and everywhere, which is all fine too. That's brilliant. But you just need to bear in mind that whilst worship are these things, and can, you know, it can be done anywhere, when you're on top of a, a beautiful mountain and you're looking out at the view, then just saying, oh, that's pretty, that's not quite worship. You've got to just go that extra step and say, oh, that's pretty, thank you, God, for being a wonderful creator, God. What an amazing world you've given us, thank you so much. There's a little bit more to it than just saying, well, that's pretty. Just keep that in mind. So, second question. Won't give you quite so long this time, but second question is, <clears throat> so does it take a special person to be able to worship God? So is it Kevin's job, or is it the deacon's job, or is it Simon's job? Have a little think about that, and I'll just come back to you in a couple of minutes. Thank you. Very good, well done everybody. Lots of talking, so I'm hoping that means you've had a good discussion. Anybody got anything particular they want to say on that one? No, or again! to um, Zoom, so no. So Mark said it wasn't anybody's job, and Mark said that um, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't feel like a job either, because it's a natural response to our love for God. Okay, brilliant. Sorry, let's just check in on Zoom. All right, okay. Very good. No, absolutely not. If we have a relationship with God that's our own relationship, not one that we kind of live through our mum and dad, or our nan and granddad, or our husband or our wife, or even Kevin and the deacons. If it's 
our relationship with God, then we should want to worship him. And because of the way that Jesus died for us, there's nothing in the way. The sin's dealt with, and we can have that relationship, and we can worship him. So next time you feel like you're in that moment and you want to worship, remember, close connection, reverence, adoration for God, and you're worshipping. And it's not just here. It's anywhere you are in that relationship with God. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you at home as well. Thank you. I think Noah's really got that right. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Enough said. That was brilliant. Uh, let's hear from God's word. So worship is reasonable service, isn't it, actually, if you think about it. Um, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am I, send me. He said, Go and tell the people. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. So we'll stand together and sing How Great Is Our God. And at the end of this song, I will receive the offering. Stand if you're able.
Whoever of the most high will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies away, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation.
us pray for all who suffer as a result of conflict and ask God to give us peace. We pray for the servicemen and women who have died in the violence of war, each one remembered by and known to God, and particularly those from this church. Bert Baldwin, Fred Baldwin, Frank Barden, Wilfred Barden, Archibald Betts, Thomas Bridge, Harold Brooks, Harold Cutler, Fred Daniel, Arthur French, Victor Lord, William Marriott, Victor Page, Harry Perry, Barnett Suster, Albert Thurlow, Sidney White. Pray for those who love them in death as in life, offering the distress of our grief and the sadness of our loss. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Pray for those who survived the fight, but are broken in body, mind, or spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all members of the armed forces who are in danger this day, remembering family, friends, and all who pray for their safe return. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for civilian women, children, and men whose lives are disfigured by war or terror, calling to mind in penitence the anger and hatreds of humanity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peacemakers and peacekeepers who seek to keep this world secure and free. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who bear the burden and privilege of leadership, political, military, and religious. We ask for gifts of wisdom, maturity, and resolve in the search for reconciliation and peace. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. O God of truth and justice, we hold before you those whose memory we cherish and those whose name we will never know. Help us to lift our eyes above the torment of this broken world and grant us the grace to pray for those who wish us harm. As we honour the past, may we put our faith in your future. For you are the source of all life and hope, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We'll sing together once again. Uh, come now is the time to worship. Yeah. 
Uh, so worship, what is it? <laughs> Lovely little exercise earlier in the service. And I think uh, I sort of anticipated most of the answers, apart from um, the first one that we had, which was about um, knowing somebody. And I think that's really interesting. And it's about how you respond to that knowing somebody, I guess. Uh, very often in churches, when you, you start to have these conversations, uh, it, the, the discussion becomes about form rather than about the, the heart of what it is, really, that we ought to be thinking about. So should you have lots of singing or lots of silence? Should you have extemporary prayer or should you have uh, written prayers that are read? Uh, should there be just one person leading or should it be open to everybody to have the opportunity. It's usually about form, really, rather than the substance of what worship is. Um, what do I think? Nick said that I would tell you. Well, I will. <laughs> I think, actually, worship is about encountering God. Uh, and there is something about that encounter with God that elicits something from within us. And it could be awe, and it could be uh, adoration, and it could be thanksgiving. It could also be fear, to be in the presence of the living God, to know that your life is held in his hands, and he can do whatever he chooses. We sometimes in Baptist churches, and certainly in evangelical churches, we lose that sense of awe when it comes to God. Because God is our friend. Jesus dies uh, to take away our sin, uh, and uh, he is our brother. Uh, and we sing that regularly and often. And of course, that's how all of us learn our theology. In any church that we ever go to, it's what we sing. Uh, and there's been a, a massive upsurge, certainly over the 30-odd years I've been a Christian. There's been a, a huge upsurge of hymnody songs that reference uh, intimacy with God and closeness to God. And these are all good, but we've lost a little of the majesty of God, the awe of God, the otherness of God sometimes I feel. But I do believe that worship is about that encounter with God and that encounter elicits response from us. Where do we do that? Where do we worship? How do we do that? How do we know it's genuine? Where do we encounter God? Well, again, you know, we've already heard the answer to that. Uh, it could be anywhere and everywhere. Psalm 139 is, is great for that. Uh, read it. If I go to uh, the heavens, you're there. If I go to the depths of the earth, you're there. If I go to the far side of the sea, you're there. There is nowhere where God is absent. So of course on a mountaintop. Of course out on the sea. Of course in the depths of a forest. Of course under the big open skies of East Anglia or the prairies of Canada. All of these places are places where we can worship uh, and I have worshipped. Um, the beauty of nature its a wonderful thing and as Nick reminded us it is a prompt towards worship. To appreciate it is not all of it. To move beyond the appreciation of the created order, to see the creator, and to acknowledge the presence of the creator, uh, that's worship. What about those unsolicited acts of kindness that come our way from time to time? I always like that. I always think that's wonderful. To know that I am loved by somebody 
to know that somebody cares enough uh, to do that for me. That I think is wonderful. Uh, and I thank God for people like that. Church, can you worship God in church? Please, God, yes, you can worship God in church. Otherwise, what are we doing? You know, why are we bothering with all this? Uh, we may as well all stay away. Uh, the thing about being together is that it is an encouragement, isn't it? Uh, and I often will say to new Christians, because they will, they will have these sorts of questions in mind. Uh, and of course people who are outside of church uh, that we bump into, but have a genuine interest in what we're doing and what we believe, they will often ask. Indeed, soldiers used to say to me all the time, I don't have to be in church, do I, Padre, to worship? Well, no, you don't. Of course you don't. But if you come to church and you spend time with others and you listen and think and pray and talk and listen, um, you'll grow in your faith. You'll find encouragement in your faith. And, of course, um, to speak and listen about, you know, speak about what you believe and listen to what others believe, you'll get some of the oddness knocked out of you. I mean, the shorthand, really, friends, is if you come to church and you attend properly, it'll stop you from being weird. Because people believe odd stuff. And uh, because people say, this is what I believe, they think that can't be challenged. But they're quite content to challenge what I believe. Interesting, isn't it? And again, I used to have this all the time with soldiers. I don't believe anything. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Every soldier believes something. At the very least, soldiers believe they will never get caught. They all believe that. And we all know that they will be. Oh, I don't believe in God. So what happened when your mum died then? Why do you keep talking to her? Where do you think she is? Interesting, isn't it? Everybody believes something. Where do we encounter God? Anywhere and everywhere. How do we encounter God? Well, again, you know, I don't think you can be too prescriptive about this. I think you've got to cast your net very, very widely. Uh, our Anglican friends would say uh, in the liturgy and in the Eucharist. I mean, for an Anglican, uh, the, uh, the Eucharist, the act of taking bread and wine, that is the, the ultimate pinnacle of worship for them, to be present at the Lord's table and to receive bread and wine. Um, that is uh, the way that their service moves. It moves towards that crescendo. For Baptists, it's all about the word. Uh, when I was being taught how to organize a service, run a service, I had a lovely Welsh Baptist minister and theologian uh, teaching me, and he would talk about um, what used to be said, about everything that led up to the sermon. Friends, those are the preliminaries, he said. The preliminaries. Everything leads up to the preaching of the word for Baptists. Uh, oh dear. And if you don't get a decent preacher, you're really stuffed, aren't you? Oh dear. <laughs> How do you encounter God? Is it in the singing? You know, as our, uh, very often our charismatic friends will sing and sing and sing, won't they? 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes. A sermon that goes on for just as long. Certainly as I explore the contemplative approach to Christian spirituality, I discovered a beautiful depth in silence once I got past the fear. Because it is a frightening thing to be quiet to be silent in the presence of God, to know that you've got nothing of 
value or worth to say anymore. And for a Baptist, that's really hard. But when you get to that place and your words stop, and God inhabits that silence, there is something beautiful about that. these things, I think. It is all of these things. It's not one or another. It's all of them. And at some stage, no doubt, you will try all of those things in your own personal experience and in your own corporate experience with the church. So where? Where do we go to worship? Where do we encounter God? Anywhere. How do we encounter God? In any number of things. How do you know it's genuine? How do you know it's God? Because strange people sometimes say they've heard from God, don't they? And they use that to justify doing all sorts of things, some of them not very helpful, some of them very, very bad. Every serial killer I've ever come across at some point usually references God. The voices in my head told me to do it. God told me to do it. How do you know when it's God? How do you know when it's something weird? Well, you need to keep meeting with one another, speaking and listening carefully, and if it sounds a bit weird, you need to say, friend, that sounds a bit weird. How do we know it's God? Well, I would suggest this. If after what you believe to have been an encounter with God has happened, do you have a deeper love for him? Do you have a deeper desire to serve him? Do you have a love for the lost that was never there before? I think if you can answer yes to all of those things, then that absolutely is God. You have had an encounter with God. If it's all about you and making you a better person, or about your agenda, well, maybe not so. We just need ears to hear, I think. And that gift of discernment which God will give uh, to all who ask for it. So where do you go for that encounter with God? Anywhere you like to the highest mountain, to the deepest depths, to the far side of the sea, to the depths of a forest, to church. Yes, all of those things. How do we encounter God? Through his word, certainly. Through encountering one another, I would say yes to, to that. In the singing, yes. In the silence, yes. At the table, yes. All of these things. How do you know it's genuine? Because you leave that experience with a deeper appreciation of God, a deeper love for Him, a deeper desire to serve Him, and you have a deeper love for the lost and a desire to say something or do something to help them encounter the God that you know and love too. Let's pray. When you had that encounter in Samaria, Lord, with the woman at the well, she wanted to know about worship. You were able to help her. We want to know about worship. Please come and help us. We pray, Father God, that we might have that deeper appreciation of who you are, that our love for you might deepen whenever we gather in this way, and that we would have a, a genuine desire to see the lost come to know you. Draw near to us and help us, 
as we seek to draw near to you. We ask all of this in your glorious name. Amen. We shall sing together once again over the mountains and the sea. I could sing of your love forever. Please stand if you're able. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.